should you continue your SIP? Even as the fall in the markets has opened a window of opportunity for investors to invest directly in shares, one must be very careful about which stock to pick. This makes the mutual fund the preferred mode when it comes to taking the equity exposure. But the question that arises is, should you invest in equities at all in these times? There can't be one answer for all, especially at this time, while those who have certainty of income can not only continue with their existing investments but also look to increase them. For others, the situation is tricky. With uncertainty all around, from recovery in the economy to the sustainability of jobs or salary levels, the risks associated with equities have only gone up. The fact that equity investments are meant for at least 3 to 5 years means investors should park only that component of their income into equities which they may not require for the next 5 years. One need to take a very pragmatic call. An investor who is unsure about the sustainability of her job and foresees the possibility of a further cut in her salary should look towards building liquidity for current times and equity assets do not fit the bill. Should you continue with your SIPs? A fall in equity markets on account of any adverse global or domestic event amidst the ongoing pandemic may just make it unfeasible for an investor to withdraw from her equity portfolio, as that would mean booking losses on capital investment. Since these are times to build liquid reserves, one advice is for wary investors to move their SIPs from the equity to the debt category. Since the investors may be looking to protect the capital and maintain liquidity, they can move their systematic investment plans from equities to debt funds. As the idea is to build contingency provisions, the best suited would be ultra-soft term funds and low-duration funds. Within that, rather than tracking their past performance, investors should go for schemes that have the highest exposure to AAA-rated papers and have a lower expense ratio. Other than stopping their incremental SIP inflows, investors can consider the other two options. If they are concerned about their cash flows for the next two to three months, they can either go for a three-month pause option with their mutual funds where the money won't be debited from their account for three months or they may go for the option of reducing the ticket size of the SIP. So one can reduce the SIP amount from 10,000 rupees a month to say a rupees 5,000 a month or a lower sustainable amount. While this will reduce the monthly outgo, it will also ensure that you continue or derive some benefit from lower net asset values on account of the fall in the markets. What should the less impacted ones do? Individuals who are not too constrained on the income front and who have seen their disposable incomes rise on account of the fall in monthly expenses may not only continue with their existing equity SIPs but may even look to direct their additional savings into equities. An investment in current times may mean a higher accumulation of units on account of a drop in net asset value of mutual fund units and so a rise in markets at later date would bring significant gains for investors. 
The priority, however, in current times should be to build at least six months contingency funds that are sufficient to meet EMI expenses, school fees, and household expenses. What should you do with your existing equity investment? Even as your cash flow constraints may force you to close your incremental monthly investments in equity schemes, one must avoid liquidating those investments to meet expenses or other liabilities. One must look at one investment portfolio including fixed deposit, gold traditional insurance, investment plans, debt mutual fund investments and investments in small savings and it is advisable to do withdraw from one of them rather than pulling out of equity schemes. Even though they have bounced back significantly, markets are still trading around 12% lower than the highs they had hit in January 2020. And many investors who would have started their SIPs two to three years ago may still find their capital in the negative. For example, if an investor started her SIP in a scheme tracking the BSE Sensex and invested towards the end of every month, over the last two years, her average cost of investment would be higher than the current redemption value and she may thus incur a loss on her capital investment. It is important to remember that equity SIPs will work for her if investments are disciplined and redemptions are planned. So book your profits when the markets are at a high or when your financial goal has been achieved. It is for times like these that investors are advised to have a diversified portfolio across asset classes, equities, fixed deposits, gold debt, mutual funds, saving schemes and not pull all their eggs in one basket. It is also important to seek the advice of a certified financial advisor. How the expanded statement of financial transactions list will lead to greater scrutiny of taxpayers. Hotel bills over rupees 20,000, life insurance premium payment over rupees 50,000 and health insurance premium payment over rupees 20,000 along with donations and payment of school, college fees over rupees 1 lakh a year may come under the income tax department scanner as it plans to expand the scope of reportable financial transactions under the statement of financial transactions. The new list of proposed transactions was on release Thursday, a day when Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced measures aimed at easing compliance and rewarding honest taxpayers by launching the Transparent Taxation Honoring the Honest Platform, which transactions are proposed to be added as part of the proposed expansion of reportable transactions under SFT, the following transactions would be under scanner, payment of educational fee, donation above rupees 1 lakh per annum, payment to hotels above rupees 20,000, purchase of jewelry, white goods, marbles, paintings, etc. above rupees 1 lakh, life insurance premium of over rupees 50,000, payment of property tax above 20,000 per annum, electricity consumption above rupees 1 lakh per annum, Health insurance premium above rupees 20,000, deposits, credits in current account above rupees 50 lakh, deposits, credits in non current account above rupees 25 lakhs, domestic business classes, air travel, foreign travels, share transactions, DMART accounts, bank lockers. The government also proposes compulsory filings 
of returns by a person having bank transaction over rupees 30 lakh payment of rent over rupees 40000 and all professionals and business having turn over rupees 50 lakhs Amazon India to pilot online pharmacy in Bengaluru chemist body rights to Bezos e-commerce giant Amazon India is foraying into the country's online pharmacy space with plans to pilot offerings of medicines in Bengaluru the move is being met with opposition from a body of brick and mortar chemist which has written to the company's global CEO calling the move illegal as a part of our commitment to fulfill the needs of customers we are launching Amazon pharmacy in Bangalore allowing customers to order prescription based medications in addition to over the counter medicines basic health devices and Ayurveda medications from certified sellers stated an Amazon spokesperson adding this is particularly relevant in present times as it will help customers to meet their essential needs while staying safe at home according to India's drug regulations retailers require a license to dispense medicines from the state in which they are being sold said two senior government officials as Amazon operates as a marketplace for various vendors and is not allowed to own inventory it may be exempt from these requirements instead the vendors on its platform would require such a license said exports every seller on the marketplace would be required to have a retail license under India's regulations for drugs and cosmetics there is nothing in the law that requires a marketplace to have a license to facilitate the sale said Murali Nilakantan former global general counsel of Cipla and Glenmark pharmaceuticals in a four-page letter to Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos on Friday all India organizations of chemist and druggist president JS Shinde and general secretary Rajiv Singhal alleged that move was illegal while the government has allowed doorstep delivery of medicines during the COVID-19 pandemic prescription have to be received by hand or by the email of an individual license holder they argued we also have a full dossier ready on this subject and entering this space can bring on legal implications which can bring disrepute to Amazon's name stated the letter it is unclear how long Amazon will pilot its online pharmacy in Bengaluru and how many sellers it has tied up with for this exercise specific questions sent to Amazon India on which other states is plans to expand the pilot to and the model of the online pharmacies operations did not elect a reply how India's online pharmacy market runs in just the last one week India's online pharmacy market saw two significant merger and acquisition deals Reliance Retail picking up majority stake in Chennai based e-pharmacy netmates and Pharmacy moving to merge with smaller rival Medlife and the launch of Amazon's online drug delivery services. Is the activity result of a COVID-19? While COVID-19 and the subsequent behavioral shift towards e-commerce may have catalyzed growth for online pharmacies, the sector was already poised to grow sevenfold by 2023 to $2.7 this was mainly on account of the challenges faced by physical pharmacies
Experts believe that e-pharmacies will be able to solve the problems that traditional pharmacies couldn't. But for this, they need to have a large-scale presence that calls for either huge investments or consolidation. How is the pharmacy market in India currently shaped? Unlike in the US where the top three pharma distributors have a 90% share in the market, India's is a fragmented market with over 8 lakhs pharmacies. This gives online pharmacies an opportunity to capture their space without opposing large traditional retailers. Currently, companies in the Indian e-pharmacy space mainly operate three businesses models marketplace inventory-led hybrid offline-online and franchisee-led hybrid of online-offline. Depending on the way the supply chain is structured, in addition to companies like NetMeds, MedLife and PharmEasy, other players include online healthcare startups such as 1MG, Practo, Myra, as well as traditional chemists such as Apollo Pharmacy. What are the rules governing the pharmacy sector? The government had floated draft regulations for e-pharmacies, but these guidelines never saw the light of day. The lack of proper rules governing this space has kept large investments at bay. It has allowed for existing players to grow and overcome the challenges faced by traditional retailers, which account for almost 85% of the country's total pharmaceutical sales. For pharmacies overall, India's drug regulations require retailers to get a license to dispense medicines from the state in which they are being sold. This may have been a factor in Amazon restricting its pharmacy sales to, to Bengaluru for the time being. What did the draft e-pharmacy regulations propose? Considering that e-pharmacies currently are not regulated, their operations are constantly met with opposition from brick and mortar chemists. In the absence of clear regulations, online pharmacies are operating as marketplaces and catering to patients as a platform for ordering medicines from sellers that adhere to the Drugs and Cosmetics Act and Rules of India. Other regulations like the IT Act and the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act also apply. Work on regulations specifically for e-pharmacies has been in progress for several years now. Draft rules for e-pharmacies sought to define the online sale of medicines, what an e-prescription means and what type of licenses online firms would need to get from regulators to operate. The draft had proposed to allow e-pharmacies to get a central license to operate from the country's apex drug regulator which could be used to allow it to operate across the country. It also proposed to define e-pharmacies in a way that would allow them to distribute, sell and stock medicines. The proposed regulations prevent them from selling habit-forming drugs like cough syrups specified in Schedule X of the Indian Drug Regulations. What is the status of the regulation? Regulations for online pharmacy players have been in the works since 2016 but are yet to come out. The last attempt to clear these regulations saw the draft rules being pushed through two expert committees under the Central Drug Standard Control Organization, India's apex drug regulatory body, in June 2019. The iteration of the proposed regulation suggested the inclusion of provision for uploading e-prescriptions. 
However, a few months later, the regulations ended up with a high-level group of ministers.